warning, the following podcast may contain views and opinions that could be deemed as offensive. You may also hear explicit language, jokes in poor taste, and overall crude humor. Listener discretion is advised. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Episode four, and we are still in studio with Hunter and Dylan. And on this episode, we're going to talk some movie news. I got a little game to play with the boys here. Uh, we're going to talk some uh, some of our favorite movies. Uh, probably get into a little bit of the superhero movie stuff and rumors that are coming out. And uh, we're going to talk about the current box office and basically what's happening across the country as far as movie theaters go and we'll probably finish up with a little bit of video game stuff uh so let's go ahead and just kick it off uh dylan hunter say hello what's going on guys he won't let us leave (laughs) (laughs) a true story we've actually this is the the third episode that we've recorded today but uh these two guys are young and they party and sleep all goddamn day so uh, oh yeah, to... I'm known for my party. Well, yeah. <laughs> you're, no, you're known for your sleeping. Yeah. Um, right. But basically, when I get them out here, I want to get as much content as I can out of them. Uh, so let's just jump right into movies. Um, and what Dylan, let's start with you. Just without giving really any reasons or anything, tell me like your top fave, top five or whatever your, your movies of all time, your personal faves for for whatever reason. Yeah, I was sitting here. I was kind of filling out my top five, and then I noticed something. Um, all five of them were like from the '90s. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean that makes sense because that's. I mean, I was born in '92, so it's not like I was. I wasn't watching some of these movies yeah, well, when I was that no, young. That's a, that's a fair point. Right. Well, what do you got? Uh, number one, I'm sure it's going to be on your list too. Um, Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, mean, instead of me just listing them off, if I agree with you, yeah, Shawshank is. It's one of those for me that if it's on, I'm going to watch it. It's yeah. just a great movie um, for many, many reasons. The acting was phenomenal. The story was great. It was uh, an adaption of a Stephen King book. Yeah, I think it was a short story. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, which some of the best movies uh, that have been tied to Stephen King have come from short stories, which I'll get on. I've got another one of those as well. Um, but yeah, I agree. You know, that's to me, that's one of my all-time faves. What, yeah. what about you, Hunter? I mean, as you guys know, I mean, I'm I'm the sports guy. Um, when it comes to movies, I mean, it's either sports or comedy for me, for the most part. Um, an all-time favorite, I probably have to go remember the Titans, honestly. Yeah, and, and I yeah I really like that movie, and it's true for the most part, anyway. First time I ever watched it was actually with you in that yeah, room. That, yeah, that was a it was a great that. movie. It yeah. Had a, a strong message, and right. basically it was what was going on back right. then. Great I actually place. just rewatched that like a month month or two ago, yeah. and it and stands up. That's to me. That's what you know. I, for a movie, for me anyway, to be truly great, I gotta like be able to watch it numerous numerous times and not right. really get 
sick of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, all right, Dylan, back to you. Um, this is probably again another one that's on your list. And later or earlier podcasts, we're talking about. I see Robin Williams as an actor. Every time <laughs> I see him, I I hear it's not your fault. Yeah, yeah. Goodwill Hunting is number two for me. Um, and I didn't really list them as far as in order, but the of the five movies I wrote down right here, that's on it. Yeah, I couldn't really set my list in stone either, but yeah, I mean, Goodwill Hunting is an absolutely amazing movie um, for many reasons. Yeah, yeah, many many reasons. Good acting, and you know, we know it was it was written by Ben Affleck, and Matt Damon, and they were at that time not mega stars you know they were in a few movies but they weren't matt damon and ben affleck yeah you know what i mean no, i think and in fact they needed help from a guy that i know you and i are both huge fans of kevin smith in order to even get that movie made yeah i think uh i'm not sure at the timeline as far as when they wrote it but i because affleck met kevin smith doing mall rats he was like a small bit villain in that and they became really good friends, really tight, and that's why he cast him as the lead in Chasing Amy. But at some point, yeah, he they were trying to shop around the screenplay. I think I had heard somewhere that someone, some studio bought it, but all the movie was going to be, it was going to be that small little piece where uh, Matt Damon's character goes to interview at the NSA. Mm-hmm. And they were just going to make that to where he becomes, he works for the NSA, and he has bad feelings about it, and they almost turn it into a thriller. Oh, wow. Which, I don't know why you would do that, but... Yeah, yeah no, I'm glad that it came out the way that it did. Yeah. And I have to admit, I've always... Uh, I've never been one of those people that, that got emotional over movies. And it was almost like that was my breakthrough as well. Right. And... Uh, it's weird to even think because like I didn't grow up like that. I didn't, you know, have issues that, that Matt Damon's character had in that movie or the, it's not your fault. But I, that moment literally got me. I remember I didn't even watch it until probably five or six years after it had come out and people talked about what a great movie it was, but just kind of knowing what the story was, I just, uh, eh, I'm not gonna watch it. And then one day I was off work sitting at home by myself and the movie was on, I'm like, oh, I'll watch it. And next thing you know, when we get to that part, man, I'm freaking balling. <laughs> right. Like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was, it was truly a great movie. And Robin Williams was just phenomenal in that flick. I mean, say what you want about Ben or Ben Affleck and, and Matt Damon, who were both great, but Robin Williams was just masterful in that. Yeah. I mean, he won an Oscar for that role yeah. for a reason. I mean, yeah. that's. And, and it's got one of my favorite scenes in movie history which is do you like apples you know <laughs> yeah. I mean, people quote that to this day yeah, yeah. um I, I, well uh, since i agree with you there well uh, hunter what, do you, what else do you got uh like i said i guess i didn't really put a list together um i didn't even know we were doing this to be honest with you um <laughs> yeah i didn't great prep work <laughs> yeah um I would say Moneyball. That's up there for me. See, I, mean, I haven't seen that. B- being and, a baseball guy, man, I tell you I what. I totally, I, that's, I would expect that from you. I mean, and you don't have to be a big baseball. I mean, Dylan, you've seen the movie, correct? I actively hate baseball. I love that movie, though. Really? Yeah. I, I do. I, I will have to check it out. Yeah. I, I like baseball. I don't love baseball. Um, and I guess 
that movie probably is less about baseball and more about like the financial part Billy of it. And, yeah, and, and right. What he did to basically change the way. Right. Uh, and that's also a true story. Like remember the Titans. So exactly. I see a theme there with you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's but, a, it's a sports movie because like I said, it's not so much of it about a being on the field. There's no big coach speech or anything like no. that. There's actually a scene where they kind of, it's almost like they're mocking that right. idea where yep. Brad Pitt's like giving him a speech for the start of the season. And, it's so lame. He's like, you don't look like a winning team, but you are one. So, right. go out. I mean, we could be winners today. Like, yeah, we could literally do a whole show, and and someday we might just on sports movies. Yeah. Um, I'll go ahead and, and give another one. Uh, sticking with the, we're not sticking with, but going back to, I should say, the short stories of Stephen King, Green Mile. Oh yeah, yeah that's, that's a, a great. One. Love that yeah. movie. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, you know, it's a period piece set in the. 40s, 40s, I want to say. I believe it is. Yeah. Um, excellent, excellent movie. Tom Hanks, who, for my money, I think has become the the greatest actor of our generation. Oh uh, yeah, he's the modern day Jimmy Stewart. You know, it's hard to argue. Just he just keeps putting out great performances. You know, and the things that he's done, and and that movie was just phenomenal. The story was great. It did have that sci fi twist to it. Um, and, and it was just, for me, it was a phenomenal movie. Yeah. Uh, Mike, Michael Clark Duncan, right? That yes. Was Michael a, yeah. Clark Duncan. Yeah. Yeah. He was great. I'm tired boss. Yeah. Sam Rockwell. As yeah. The yeah. Villain he's the crazy was, dude. Yeah. He's phenomenal and he's great in that one as well. So uh-huh. yeah. Well, what Talk about I, a tearjerker. Oof. Yeah. That was a tough one to watch too at the end. Yeah. Like how, how could they do that to that guy? But, uh, what was your next one then, Dill? Um, next one, <sighs> my list is fluid. I'm going to go, we're getting kind of into art films, except for Hunter's List. <laughs> um, so, it's a little high, even, even though it's a comic book movie, I don't care. The Dark Knight. I I wrestled with that one. Yeah. Because, look, I you can't see me right now, but I have, I have the Joker, the Heath Ledger version of the Joker tattooed on my left shoulder blade, and I have Batman on my right shoulder. Uh, huge comic book fan, huge comic book movie fan. And as far as all of the comic book movies, I love the Marvel movies. They, you know, I, I think there might only be one that really wasn't great to me, and that was the Dark World Thor. Oh yeah. Um, the rest of them have been pretty damn good, but it, you're, I agree with you. I, for my money, you cannot beat what Christopher Nolan did with the Dark Knight. Yeah, and he's absolutely in my opinion, the perfect person to direct a Batman movie because I don't want to put words in your mouth and chime in here. The reason why I love Batman so much and he's my favorite comic book character is because he's so plausible. Yeah. He's, no, so, yeah. he's it, real. You know, exactly. I mean, like he is the realest. Uh, I mean, if there were ever going to be a true real superhero, Batman is going to be the guy. I mean, the yeah. billionaire could literally do that because he's got no superpowers other than his brain and, and he knows yeah. how to fight. So, like, that's the most believable of all the superheroes. Yeah. It's like if Jeff Bezos gave John Jones a couple billion dollars and right. he didn't snort it, um, he could be Batman. And then we're going to touch on some, on the superhero comic book genre uh, once we get through with these lists here because uh, i got some news and, and rumors and stuff of that nature. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree. Like I said, it's not in my top five. But it is one of those movies that if it's on, I'm going to watch it just because for if for no other reason, Heath Ledger. Yeah. I mean, the, the, say what you want about uh, Jack Nicholson's Joker, who I did like for what it was, but 
as a lifetime Batman fan in the comics, Heath Ledger's Joker was the one for me. Right. Um, I, I won't even give that guy in Suicide Squad a name drop. Yeah. He's a great actor, but that version of the Joker was just an atrocity. Um, what do you think of uh, Joaquin? Though? Loved it. Yeah, I loved I, it too. I, I don't really like what they did with the story and the fact that it's set so far into the past to where, you know, you're kind of wondering, is that the, the actual Joker that ends up right. fighting Batman? I mean, cause there's a huge age difference. Yeah. Like Bruce that, is like 10 and Joaquin Phoenix is in his mid forties. You know, you got to at least think he's in his thirties or forties, Yeah, you know? And it, so the timeline wise doesn't match up, but the movie as a standalone is great. Yeah. Um, Hunter, did you have another one off the top of your head? Um, I mean, the Dark Knight that would be in there, and and I mean, kind of off base from for what I normally watch. Right. Yeah, Dark Knight, I could comfortably put that in my top five. I'd say, um, Wolf of Wall Street. I really like that movie. I mean, uh, that's I, a great I do. one. Yeah. I mean, it's a long one, but Watched I can it sit for down. The first time, about a month this month or so ago, during this whole COVID yeah. bullshit, it was the first time I had watched it, and I agreed. It's it's a yeah. great flick. Yeah. For, especially also, a movie that's also a true story yeah, for the yep. most part. Yep. Right. For a movie that's three hours long, it does not feel no, its never. length. Yeah, every all. time I watch I mean, it, yeah. It's like wow, three hours already. And that's yeah. something I actually wanted to say about Shawshank too, is I don't think yeah, Shawshank's the, not the three hours long. It, but... I mean like, yeah, you sit there and it doesn't I mean Dark Knight was pushing three if I two and a half, I think. Two and a half, yeah. but yeah, yeah, it's but yeah, Shawshank and, and you know, Wolf of Wall Street and those movies. That's what makes them a great movie. Right. That you yeah. Can if you sit there for three hours exactly. and not be like, oh, God, right. this is going to yeah. end. Right. No. Uh, all right. So next one for me, Goodfellas. Oh, yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a great. That movie. I don't, I don't like watching it on regular TV, but I still do. But it is hard. Look, say what you want. Godfather, kiss my ass. Goodfellas to me is the greatest gangster movie of all time. Yeah. Like that movie just, and it is. For the most part, again, a true story. Uh, Martin Scorsese was a director. Um, just a phenomenal, phenomenal movie. Performances. I mean, Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro were just amazing, and Ray Liotta was was great. Right. Um, yeah. So that was that was my next one. Yeah, that's as far as the good Goodfellas Godfather comparison. I need to rewatch Godfather because I think that was a movie for me. I've only seen it once. We have the knowledge of how if this is a great all-time movie, sometimes that... The hype. Exactly. The hype ruins like it. Like what I was saying about Scarface. Right. Exactly. Yep. You know, the, yep. it had been so hyped up that when I watched it, I was I, I was disappointed right. because of how much it had like, been hyped. Yeah, and the case for me with Apocalypse Now, that was the same thing. Or Citizen Kane, even. I watched that in high school, like for an English Never class. seen it. I wish I could have seen it without the knowledge that it's the greatest movie ever made. Yeah. Because I did like it, but... Yeah. So yeah, God. Yeah, Goodfellas. I can't get mad at you at all for that. That's a great movie. And then what did you have? What else was on your list? Um, I'm kind of gonna jump around a little bit because what I have listed for three isn't really three. Um, it's I watched this movie when I was eight years old because I'm the product of poor parenting and as is Hunter since we're brothers. But going back to a movie that if it's on, I have to watch it. Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. That I. Yeah. Again, I wrestled with myself on that one, but it, I agree. Uh, have to. 
at, oh, yeah. very, at the very least, I have to watch the first half. Oh, yeah. You got to. You know, yeah. I mean, my father was a Vietnam vet, Marine Corps vet, and I remember as a kid, like you, watching it, and he was there. So he was like, this is the this is what happened. This is really, like, the most of all. And it came out in that era where there were a lot of war movies coming out, especially dealing with Vietnam. Right. Platoon and, and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, and it was, like I said, my, my dad had been there and was like, you know, if you wanted to know what Marine Corps boot camp was like, just watch this, because that's right. basically exactly how they treated people and, and how things went down, and uh, just a phenomenal, phenomenal movie. And it's one of those where... Uh, I still quote it to this day. Oh, yeah, me too. That first, I think it's 40 minutes or whatever. Oh, yeah. Just, I can sit here and just word for word right. yeah. recite that whole yeah. boot camp segment. Yeah, and I think what makes that so great and is the R. Lee Emery performance. Yeah, and I mean, if you don't know, R. Lee Ermey was in the Marine Corps, and he was hired by Stanley Kubrick, the director, who also did The Shining and uh, Clockwork Orange. Great film director. Kind of went a little weird with some of his stuff, but still uh, widely known as as one of the all-time greats. But anyway, he hired Arlie Ermey as a consultant. I did know that, yeah. He he wasn't supposed to be in the movie. He was just the guy to basically kind of coach the actors on, you know, do this, do that, do that. And in the, I, I don't know if it was rehearsals or... Uh, just reading scripts or whatever, as R. Lee started, you know, kind of showing them what they wanted, Stanley Kubrick was like, you got to be in this movie. Right. And he became his iconic character, and it kind of launched his career. He went on to do several other films. Seven. He was great in Yeah, seven. it was awesome yeah. in Seven. And it was, it, it, I couldn't see him in a movie without picturing, you know, yeah, you look like you can suck a golf ball through a garden yeah, hose. Like even yeah. in uh, what was that goofy movie? With oh, uh, Jack Saving Black. Silverman. Yeah, like I still pictured Sarge. You know, it was funny. Right. Um, Do you know how they did his dialogue for that movie? Uh, once the decision was made for him to be in it, he, I guess, after every day in shooting, he would go in a room with Stanley Kubrick, and they would just turn on a recorder, and he would, I guess, Kubrick would give him a scenario that might happen in boot camp, and then. He would just go off. He yeah. would just go I know, off. I do know that a lot of those scenes that, yeah, like when the first scene where, you know, it was, I won't say scripted, but it was like, okay, here's what, you know, you're going to talk to this person and this person and this is, and he just went in and it was gold. Right. You know, absolutely gold. Uh, well, for my last one, I'm staying in not only the same genre, I'm staying with the same director as my last one, and that is Martin Scorsese, The Departed. Yeah, can't argue that one. I'm shocked that you had that as that high on your list. You know, it was one of those that when I watched it, like the first time, I liked it, but it wasn't... Required repeat viewings. Right, and then the more I watch it, the more I enjoy it, and to the point now where it's, it's one of those where if I see it on, especially unedited right um it, it's a great flick the yeah. story you know the the acting they had some mega stars in that movie you know from charlie or charlie sheen yeah Mark, no yeah <laughs> martin sheen uh, alec baldwin was great in it um Wahlberg, 
Jack Nicholson. Nicholson was awesome. You had Matt Damon and Leo. Uh, Leo. I mean, God, that what a cast. I don't know her name, but the woman who plays the therapist. The shrink, yep, she was great. Yeah, God, she's, what was her name? She's got some really weird name. Yeah. She's on Bates Motel, and she apparently has a great reputation within actors. Like, she's considered one of the best in the world, but she just doesn't have... I don't know. She just needs to be doing a comic book movie or something, but yeah, it's a great flick. But I mean, it's one of those where the ending leaves you like, what the fuck just happened? Like when that elevator door opens and just Leo, spoiler alert, (laughs) Leo gets smoked. You're like, whoa, like this is, you know, he's the hero and he just got roasted. And then you get that little bit of retribution with, with Donnie when he just walks in and Matt Damon is like, okay, Mark, you said Donnie. Oh, yeah, Wahlberg. Whatever. The better Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah. I mean, both of them have turned into pretty good actors. I, you know, Donnie's I, not bad. Yeah, I don't know. You probably you're not much of a TV guy, but uh, your mom watches that show like crazy. Blue yeah, Bloods. It's a great show, and he's good yeah. on it. You know, he from the guy that literally. I mean, let's be honest. He was in a boy band that, you know, disappeared. And then he had the one part that, I mean, nobody knew it was even him. Six Sense. Yeah, when, I was just when it bring was filmed, they're yeah. like, who the hell is this guy? And it turned out it was Donnie Wahlberg who lost a ridiculous amount of weight to look like a cancer patient. And and he's tr- actually turned into a pretty good actor. And yeah. Mark Wahlberg, another one. I mean, Marky Mark. And, yeah. and look right. at the, the movies that he put out. Um, There's a lot of people my age that don't know that's the same person. Really? So I had to tell a guy that, like... A, Two or three years ago at work, uh, we're listening to a radio station and Good Vibrations came on. And I said, man, it's, it blew my mind when I finally found out that this is Mark Wahlberg. And it's my buddy Justin, who you know. He goes, it is? Right. Like, you didn't know that? <laughs> uh, all right, so what was, what? let's just uh, top it off with your fifth. I'm going to go with, I didn't watch this until, I guess it was like seven years ago, but it, it gets played every year. It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. Do you have an issue with that? Yeah, or are I you mean, surprised? I, or what? I mean, I get it, but I've never been a big fan of it. I just, I don't know. I, okay. I mean, I appreciate the story, and I mean, Jimmy Stewart, legend. Right. And one of the, the greatest actors of that generation. It, it does take a it long time a to kind of have... To me, a, anyway. It takes... It, takes a while to get to the point of the movie i mean you have a good well, i don't know how long the movie is off the top of my head but it feels like the whole length of an entire movie until oh we showed you all this for this point in like the last 30 minutes of the climax but the, the, i remember the first time i ever watched that when he's on the bridge and he's crying it's like clarence clarence i want to live again i was bawling like a baby and yeah so and you know, I talked about earlier, Goodwill Hunting was the first movie where it literally brought tears to my eyes. The second did kind of resonate with me because I was a high school athlete, and that was Rudy. Yeah. Yeah. And it was going over this list, that Rudy is one of the ones that I, it was really hard for me not to include that because that's a great flick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if you're um, a dude, and especially if you're a sports fan at all, I hate yeah. Notre Dame football with a fiery burning passion with a thousand suns. I still love Rudy. Yeah, yeah. great flick. Yeah. Uh, another one that was hard for me to leave off was Pulp Fiction. That's pretty high on my list you as know, well. Uh, Reservoir Dogs, another Qu- Quentin Tarantino. I could yeah. pretty much name most of right. Quentin Tarantino's movies as 
some of my all-time faves because they they are you know Django was great um Reservoir Dogs uh what's the I loved Inglorious Bastards yeah Glorious Bastards I forgot about that one that was awesome the the vampire movie like that talk about a mind fuck yeah well that's you know? technically it's a Robert Rodriguez movie but yeah but he Quentin wrote Tarantino it wrote it yeah. had a big part in it and you can see it in the first part of the movie yeah you know like that's if you walked into that movie not knowing what you were walking into you know it's basically like a kidnapping story and you think oh this is going to be like action drama and then they go to this bar and turns into a vampire movie who selma hayek good lord (laughs) yeah that's actually i i saw that movie the way you're in my opinion is the correct way to watch that movie which is don't know anything about it your brother showed it to me i think i was in high school and uh yeah and then they turn into vampires i'm like what the fuck is this yeah and, and cheech marin had a, a great great scene in that which one he has three different characters in that movie the one where he's you know the pussy speech yeah, yeah yeah that turned into a, a song that was played in clubs i probably still have it on the little hard drive somewhere but it, the opening of that song is very is pussy, that stinky speech. Smells. yeah it's yeah. smelly <laughs> Um, so yeah, those are, like I said, those are my, my five. And then, you know, there's still a lot of great movies. Empire Strikes Back, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. Um, yeah, we're both big Star Wars fans. Right. The, some of the Marvel movies, you know, have been great. The Avengers movies, um, Iron Man. Yeah. OG Iron Man is fantastic. Um, yeah. Civil War is great, Infinity War, Endgame, yeah. I, I talking about comic book movies. I, Which yeah, we'll we'll go ahead and segue right into that. Okay, like we're talking about how The Dark Knight is just forget comic book movies. It's just a great movie. Mm-hmm. Another one that I completely agree needs to be in that category. I mean, it was nominated for Best Picture. Is Logan? Yeah, I no, absolutely loved movie. Loved Logan. That's a movie where you don't Gro- need to... Growing up, uh, my two favorite characters were, were Batman and Wolverine. So yeah. I, I did like that. And that kind of... It was based on the, the whole old man Logan story. And I thought that they did a great job with it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely and, fantastic. And speaking of Logan and Wolverine, um, I'm kind of interested to see who's going to... Because we now know that Marvel has the rights. Right. And slash Disney, I should say, has the rights now to all of those... or at least the heavy hitters, the X-Men, Fantastic Four. So Deadpool. Yeah, Deadpool's another one. I mean, I another one of my tattoos yeah. is Deadpool. Uh so yeah, it's it's gonna be real interesting to see what they do with phase four and, and subsequently phase five because now um we're gonna see at some point in the next well, depending on what happens with this whole COVID thing, phase four uh, is rumored to be where they're going to start introducing the mutants and the Fantastic Four. And now there's even talk of bringing John Barenthal back for the Punisher. They oh, nice. Yeah, they don't know uh, whether or not it's going to be a TV show or uh, an actual movie. I'm thinking they're probably going to keep him away from... The, the MCU, he'll be his own sort of Yeah, I mean, he's going to be yeah. in the MCU, but he's not going to be part of that series just for the fact that uh, kind of like... incredibly violent. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Deadpool is one thing, but uh, Punisher, that's a whole different ballgame. 
Well, I think Deadpool even, I think they even came out and said he's still, he's not going to change. He's going to be his own, you know, rated R thing. So yeah. It's not like... And I don't think, I think he's going to be involved in the MCU. Um, but I don't think he's going to be very, very involved with crossovers. Like he's going to have his own thing yeah. and he'll probably appear in comedy cameos others. every once in a while. Right. Uh, I think that's you know, how I would use them. Exactly. You and can't have little kids you know, watching Deadpool. Right. And you just and you're gonna have he's gonna have let's... his own thing because you can't you can't change what you've already done with Deadpool. I mean, it's out there. Like, you know, I know it's Disney and all that, but Deadpool is exactly what Ryan Reynolds did with him. I mean, that's if you're a fan and read the comics, there is no. It's one of those castings that Ryan Reynolds was born to play Deadpool. Yeah, I think he even said that as a kid. Deadpool, the comics, influenced his sense of humor, which... And it shows. Yeah. I mean, yeah, all you gotta do is just look like Van Wilder and all that stuff. I mean, that's... Every movie you watch now with Ryan Reynolds, you can see Deadpool. Like, that's, yeah. that is who he is. Um, which, I'm looking forward to the uh, the bodyguard. My What is it? The, the Hitman's bodyguard. Did you see that one with Samuel L. Jackson and Ryan Reynolds? No, I did not. That was it. Was actually really good. Like, he's a professional bodyguard, uh-huh. and Samuel L. Jackson's a hitman who's, I guess, supposed to testify. And Ryan Reynolds is hired to keep him alive. Mm-hmm. And Selma Hayek's in it, and they're going to do a sequel where he's got to protect her. So it's it's like the the hitman's wife's bodyguard, and it's this the same cast. Oh, okay. And that the first one was really good. Samuel L. Jackson and and. Ryan Reynolds really played well off each other, so I'm looking forward to that. Mm. Uh, other superhero stuff that we got. Um, apparently, I just saw an article uh, yesterday. There is uh, quite a bit of unused or uh, deleted scene footage of Joel Schumacher's Batman Forever, and there was actually an article about whether or not they would release a director's cut. And to that I say... Please don't. I yeah, don't. We're we're good. I mean, I liked the the Tim Burton Batman movies. Michael Keaton was great. Yeah, um, I liked him too. But yeah, after that, it just it really went downhill fast. The the Schumacher Batverse was horrid. Right. I think I heard Screen Junkies say this on their Honest trailer about Batman Forever. It's the worst movie I've seen ninety times. Like that one's at least watchable. Like Batman and Robin, just yeah, that one, that one's uh, really bad. Uh, but, but yeah, curious. I would agree with that. I think Batman Forever wasn't super bad, but it just it it wasn't good. I mean, if you were a Batman fan, you loved it. But like going back now that I you know no longer fifteen, uh, it's not a good movie. It's cool if you like Batman. Yeah, it's not very grounded, <laughs> which like we said earlier is what we personally like about Batman. So, yeah. And then and it's just cartoony and yeah. Piggybacking off of like director's cuts and whatnot and it picking up a lot of steam is the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. And I know you have you seen it yet? I still have you not still seen have Justice League. Not. See, it got just destroyed by the critics and everything. I didn't think it was that bad. That's kind but of what I, I heard too. Growing it's up, okay. I was a DC fan. I did I like Marvel, but I was still more of a DC. I was a Batman, a Superman guy. So I, I didn't hate it. You know, I thought it was a fairly good movie. I thought there were things that could have been done differently. I thought 
the Flash, Ezra Miller's Flash, was great. He's that that comic relief. That's but, consistently what the biggest yeah. positive I hear about that. And movie, I, yeah. when they cast Ben Affleck as Batman, it was I kind of had the same reaction when they cast Heath Ledger as the Joker. Like what? But I I actually thought Ben Affleck was a pretty good Batman. Yeah, I loved him as Batman in Batman vs. Superman. Um, I didn't have that reaction when I heard he got cast. I actually was happy with it because he's a great actor, and I know he's a huge Batman fan, so I knew, right. oh, he, he's not doing this for the paycheck. He's going to really dive into it. And Yeah, he was great. Um, I would put him right up there with Christian Bale and Michael Keaton. The problem is he got really crappy material to work with. And Yeah, I've never seen Justice League, but... I mean, I, I hate BVS so much that. <laughs> See, and, uh, <coughs> I didn't hate it. I, there are aspects of it I didn't like, like the whole Martha thing. I thought was pretty stupid, um, but I didn't absolutely hate it. Uh, but as far as this whole Zack Snyder thing, um, if you don't know what's going on with it, basically Zack Snyder, um, who directed um, Three Hundred Watchmen, um, yeah. the original. Uh, Dawn of the Dead remake. Yeah. He did that. And he was the director of, of the Justice League movie for a considerable amount of time. Basically, enough time that they basically had the movie just about done. And I, I don't remember the exact specifics I, of the story. I do. Um, Go ahead. A few months before that, his daughter committed suicide. And he was trying to work through it, and he couldn't. So the studio said, hey, it's okay. You can go spend time with your family. We'll work something out. And they did. Um, and they got, uh, oh, my God, why am I blanking on his name? Um, the director of Avengers. He also did the uh, Firefly series. Russo? No, not Russo. Um, oh, oh, my God. Who am I thinking of? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> this is, should have done my homework. Um God, what was it? Anyway, so uh, while you find that, I'll try and fill the air here. So he basically signed on, and he did the remainder of it. And I haven't seen the movie, but from what I've been told, you can definitely tell which director directed what. Like, if it's all bright and colorful. Uh, Joss, Joss, Joss Whedon, thank yeah, you. Joss yes, Whedon. that's it. Wow, how do we forget that? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, he took over, and basically, and having they've done interviews with crew members and stuff and people that worked on the film. He basically cut out like and reshot like 80% of what Zack Snyder had done. That's probably a good thing. Well, <laughs> you say that, but given what they released, which it, again, in my opinion, it wasn't a horrible movie, but it wasn't great. But the actors want the Zack Snyder cut. They, a lot of them have pushed for it, and that kind of tells me that... Do, here's, do they want that, or are they saying that because they know the hardcore fans want it, and they're well, just trying to save face? that's a fair point. I mean, um, that's a fair point. I'll at least watch it to see, because uh, it's supposed to be a pretty different movie that's going to come out. So, uh, at the very least, I'll give it a try. And then, on top of all that now, we're now hearing that Ryan Reynolds is has either signed on or is very close to signing on to doing a Green Lantern cameo. <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah, um, so going to be interesting. And then, of course, uh, 
we've also got the the Flashpoint movie um, that's supposed to be coming out. If you're not familiar with Flashpoint, Flashpoint is a storyline in the comic universe where the Flash basically uh, tries to go back in time to save his mother's life and to keep his father out of prison and alters and ends up in other universes, Earth 99 or you know different numbers and whatnot, to the point where that, that's going to introduce the multiverse which we're also, of course, going to see in the Marvel stuff coming up in Phase 4. Um, DC kind of had their same thing with this crisis on Infinite Earths and Flashpoint. And through the course of that now, um, it looks like we're going to see Michael Keaton as Batman. I did hear about that, yeah. They they apparently have agreed to that, and they're also talking about a Ryan Reynolds cameo in that as well. Nice. Uh, the only problem is now, I guess there have started to been to be some problems with Ezra Miller, who is the guy that's supposed to play the Flash, and they're to the point where, uh, at least from what I'm reading, they're they're close to pulling the plug on him and recasting the Flash and and going forward with the movie. They should just recast him with the actor that plays Flash on TV on the TV and yeah. kind of tie it all together. The only problem with that is that. In the TV series, they did their own version of the that story. Oh, okay. They, in fact, they did. It was Crisis on Infinite Earths, but they still oh, right. they still touched on the multiverse and they introduced uh, a lot of the different characters. They had a lot of interesting cameos, including um, Brandon Roth was on it, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He played Superman. They had uh, there were some deleted scenes now that have come out that basically tied the uh, Tim Burton i.e. Michael Keaton Batman to that series and they they deleted those scenes and Michael Keaton never made it in there but there was one with the if you remember the reporter that was kind of chasing after Vicky Vale I don't remember the actor's name but he was the guy that yeah he he's with Vicky when she meets Bruce yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I know exactly what there's about, a yeah. scene where he is looking at a newspaper and it's literally like right the day or a couple days after the Joker, because the, the headline on the newspaper is Batman captures Joker. And it's that guy wearing the trench coat and the, the hat. Oh, and okay. So, anyway. A little um, side note. Did you ever wa- watch that uh, DC animated movie, The Flashpoint Paradox? No. Very, very good. Is it? Yeah. That, their animated films have been pretty damn good. Yeah. The, the Red Hood? I still... Yeah, no, I watched that with you. That I watched was, Red Hood, That yeah. was great, because it tied into one of my favorite comic book storylines, which was the death of, of Robin. Right. You know, uh, and then the introduction of Jason Todd and, or not the, not Jason Todd, the one, uh, Tim Drake, Tim Drake. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Jason Todd ended up being <clears throat> the red hood. Spoiler, right. 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 Spoiler alert for a uh, comic that came out 30 years ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I still have all, all of those issues in a cedar chest here in the house. And then they also had, uh, the black mat or no the mask of the phantasm was a great animated batman i still have not seen that i've heard it's great but excellent yeah. movie they had the joker uh, the killing joke animated movie with all awesome. mixed about that they had the the dark knight returns which yeah. is again for one my and two. money one of the the best uh, comic book comic stories storylines yeah. ever which was what they loosely based uh, the Dark Knight rises on. Yeah, they definitely they, took they some took elements, elements of with the him the being whole, retired right, and, and yeah. coming back. They, basically, they just 
uh, instead of in the Dark Knight Returns, the the big bad turned out to be the Joker, but the first half of the story, the big bad was this big gang leader, the mutant they, gang or whatever, and they basically replaced him with with Bane. Um, so yeah, that was loosely based on that. And then we've got, like I said, with the Marvel news that they're talking about, um, waiting to see what they're going to do with the casting of Wolverine. We're going to see the Fantastic Four. Uh, Tom Hardy would be a great Wolverine. Yeah, and he was rumored a long time ago, but I I think they're probably going to go with somebody more unknown. Yeah, someone that's cheaper, that would make sense. And he's already Venom, so I, yeah. yeah. I, I did finally sit through that. And it wasn't absolutely horrible, but I wasn't a huge fan. So. That's what I heard. So anyway, that's what we got on movies. Um, just real quick, a uh, couple things. First off, Hunter and I talked about the the kickback that Madden is getting. And I know that, you know, of the people I know, you probably pay, play Madden the most. And we kind of joked about the fact that you will sit there and <laughs> play a year and 25, yeah. 30 years worth of franchises. What is your take on the, the course of Madden over the last few years. I know you've played it religiously since probably the early 2000s. Yeah, I mean, you touched on a lot of the stuff about how it's just a neglected game mode and how once once they turned over from the PS2 Xbox generation to the PS3 Xbox 360 generation, talks about how in Madden 07 that year it had nothing, like none of the features. Yeah, it took a giant step back. Yeah, yeah um that's and it's never really recovered um after you guys did that podcast i got kind of i don't know heartbroken and made me miss the old man franchise so i went ahead and i downloaded madden 06 on my phone with a psp emulator and started playing that oh wow yeah like the stuff you can do like you get like a training camp where guys do drills and can get points to upgrade them there's an actual not so much a coaching yeah, there's a little bit of a coaching carousel. You have a head coach, an offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator. You have a special teams coach, which I mean, I yeah, I remember. Yeah, you know how important that is. And, yeah, you can you actually make your preseason schedule, which is kind of similar to real life. I guess the teams have freedom to set play whoever they want in the preseason, um, outside of maybe the Hall of Fame game. But the reason why people were so furious about the Fix Man franchise is the modes that or not the modes the new features for it are just patches right like um new feature uh and new superstar x factors that can be used in a franchise mode well if you can use them in exhibition and other game modes why wouldn't you yeah. use them in franchise mode that's not a new feature right and i think hunter was saying something about expanded playoffs which that's just part of what is actually happening in the league i don't really see that as a yeah, new feature. yeah like there, there were no new features and it got so bad that the uh head developer or whatever for madden had to actually come out and say listen we hear you we promise there's going to be big changing changes it was basically you know a pr pre-written scripts that he was you can actually see his eyes reading it oh, off yeah. screen looking back at the camera but you can't really do anything now well, yeah, I mean, for the most part, the game is pretty much done. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Just like with, with NBA 2K, I mean, we're still, a, you know, a couple months away from the releases of these games, but they're done. Yeah. For the, they still got to go in and patch some things here and there, but uh, 
for the most part, these things are just about ready to go to print. D did you see what they did in the beta for Madden? No. That kind of went semi-viral. Um, Lamar Jackson, his uh, picture is a different NFL player named Lamar Jackson. Oh, wow. Yeah. Your cover athlete, you couldn't <laughs> find the correct picture. That's funny. Yeah. It's All right. pretty <clears throat> pathetic. Uh, wrapping up, just one more thing on uh, video games. I actually meant to mention this uh, in our first episode, but uh, we didn't get to it, but I thought it was funny. I'm still going to add it. NBA Jam. I know you guys remember it. Yeah. Um, it didn't was, really play it all that yeah, much. It was, it yeah, it was kind of... You uh, You were probably an infant yeah. when this was, yeah. was popular, and you were not much past it. Right. Um, but NBA Jam was that over-the-top cartoony game basically two-on-two two where he's on fire yeah you could literally dunk it from the three-point line it was a fun game like you could literally sit there and just pump quarter after quarter after quarter at the arcade and play this thing it was so much fun um and that was during the the big run of the chicago bulls and it has recently come out that one of the main program programmers for that game was a huge detroit pistons fan and he was so bitter about the fact that the Bulls had then overtaken the Pistons, which was funny because the, at the time the game didn't have Michael Jordan because he he didn't sign on. He, oh, you know, wow. he That's, licensing. Yeah. It was if you picked the Bulls, I believe you were Scottie Pippen and Horace Grant. <laughs> that was the Bulls team. They were still awesome. Right. They basically made Pippen to be like the Jordan guy. And, right. And, but anyway, so. If you were playing as the Bulls and you were playing against just the Pistons now, and it came down to a last-second shot, this programmer was so uh, butthurt Wait. about everything that he programmed the game that no matter what, if you needed a last-second shot to beat the Detroit Pistons as the Chicago Bulls, you would miss it 100% of the time. <laughs> That's awesome. Right? Like, I mean, how petty can you get? Yeah. You know, it, it's a video game, and he just... That's Quick what, question. If you were a developer on Madden, you don't think you'd put a little something in there or Tom Brady tears his knee more often? I'm Maybe. Gonna... Yeah. <laughs> Set this one out. I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> one, two, three, four, fifth. <laughs> a little Dave Chappelle tribute there. All right, well, look, I think I have uh, kept these guys here long enough. And we're going to go ahead and wrap it up for episode four. Got a lot of content today. Uh, we'll get this out to you. Uh, enjoy the show. Like and share. Uh, check us out on Eldonzo D's at uh, facebook.com slash Eldonzo D's. Check out the Eldonzo D's show. Uh, also check out From the Horse's Mouth with Eldonzo. He's got that great interview with Bobby Liebling. And he's got another big interview coming up with uh, one of the guys that was on the original Mad Max movie. So we're looking forward to that. So thanks for listening, guys. We will see you all next time right here on Hanging with D's, boys. See ya. That's my line. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>